It's March, would you believe it? March already in 2019. Incredible. Well, what we're doing through this series called The One Another's is we're changing the model of ministry because church is all about participation. It's all about involvement. It's all about sharing. And, and the One Another's is not about one to many. It's, it's releasing the many to many. Uh, many of us here know Jesus. Many of us have come to the place of, of salvation where we've trusted Jesus with our salvation. But God doesn't just save us. Uh, he calls us. And, and, and many people today can live saved but not called. I, I believe this series is about people, uh, helping people understand their call in life. Because God has saved you, but He's called you, and He's got a purpose for you to outwork. And, and that purpose is, is to be a minister into the environment you live in in a daily basis. You know, this series is important because in, in the Bible, you know, it wasn't just one or two times Jesus talked about the one another's or Paul talked about it. In fact, the one another's are mentioned, it's mentioned 59 times in the Bible. So how many think this is something we've got to give attention to? If somebody says something 59 times, you know, you'd be stop pestering me. And uh, well, they'll be saying, well, have you done it yet? Uh, are you outworking this? How many know repetition is important? You know, so many people, oh, I heard that before. Well, what have you done with it? You know, go clean your room. Go clean. Oh, yeah, stop saying that. Well, have you cleaned your room? You know, it's like, oh, well, I'm sick of hearing that same thing. Well, you know, God sometimes is repetitive simply because he wants us to get it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad as a church we're beginning to get this. That, that we're, we're all ministers. We're all called by God to change our world. Come on, does anybody believe that? You know, this series is really impro about improving people's ecclesiology, uh, which simply means, you know, their understanding of church and your role in the church. I, I want to declare, you know, today, if Equippers Church is your home church, you've got a significant role to play in this house. You know, you're not just attending on a Sunday. You've got, you got a role. You've got a function to play. And without you functioning, the body of Christ is missing out on something. And so what we're going to do today is we're really going to hone in on, on the, the one another's and look at the love one another and serve one another. So we're going to do two at the same time. So you're ready for this. Just check whether your neighbor's ready. Say, you're ready. Turn to your neighbor. Say, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready. We're going to look, because I'm going to give you a whole lot of Scripture right here. And uh, I pray your eyes are going to be open to something new. Now, these two attributes, loving and serving, they're kingdom attributes. In fact, it's not the kingdom if these two attributes aren't present. So, so we need to take notice of this. Uh, but here's some verses. We're going to go through them quickly. It says, Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Love each other with genuine affection. Genuine, not fake, but genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Let's go Romans 13, verse 8. It says, Owe nothing to anyone. So don't owe anybody anything except for your obligation to, what? what's our obligation to do? It's to, come on, let's say that all together, it's to love one another. 
If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. So, so we'll fulfill it by loving one another. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Be completely humble. Not just a little bit humble. You know, I'll put on humility, but then I'll walk away and I'll be proud. No, it'd be, it can be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. You know, bearing one another in love. Now, now here's the thing about God. God loves the people that you don't like. Uh, God loves the people that you think are annoying. That, that's why this verse is here. It, it says, bearing one another. How many know some people you've got to bear? Yeah, bear and being patient and gentle. You know, loving God, easy. It, it's easy to love God. How could you not love God? God's perfect. Yeah, easy. But how many know loving your neighbor is a little bit challenging from time to time? I challenge to say that, that loving God doesn't shape you in the same way that loving your neighbor does. Uh, that's why, you know, Jesus, when he, when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment? In, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, he says, Jesus said to him, well, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And he says, this is the first and the great commandment, and the second is like it. You know, the guy asked for one. Jesus gave him two. Two for the price of one. He, he said, here's the two. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, so he, he, what he was doing here was saying, the two are connected. You can't love God and hate your neighbor. Yeah, you can't love God and isolate yourself from people. In fact, in the very loving of God, it will spill over and you'll love the people you didn't used to get along with. You'll love and be patient and you'll bear them, you know, even the annoying ones. You know, uh, that will happen. And, and, and loving them, it will shape your world and shape you into the person that God wants you to be. Let's go on. Some of you are going, oh, I don't know if I like that. Some people are really, really annoying. But, but it goes on and it says, listen to this. And may, First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12, and may the Lord make your love for one another and all the people grow and overflow. I like that. You know, how many want their love for people to grow and overflow? I don't know. Well, I love people. But God doesn't want you to just stop where you are. He wants your love for people to what? Grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. This is Paul speaking. Uh, let's go. First John chapter 4, verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from it comes from God. That's where it comes. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. And it goes on, verse, uh, verse 11, it says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love other, each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. 
Wow. That, that's huge right there. You know, in fact, what it's saying is, you know, in us loving other people, it's proof that God's love is in us. And that, you know, even in the loving of another person, it's like we, we, our eyes are open to another dimension of God's love toward us. What you've got to understand is the most transformational teaching in the New Testament is around this whole subject of love. But the problem in a lot of places is we, we get our culture's definition of love and, and, and we try and live out the biblical version of love with our culture's version of love. But, but, but love in the Bible is totally different to, to what's talked about as love in the world. See, in the, in the world, it's you know, all about your feelings and it's, it's what you do in regards to how you feel. But in the Bible, love is a verb. Uh, love is a doing word. You know, in the world, you merely fall in love, but in the Bible, it's more about behaving in love. You know, Jesus, in fact, He commanded us, you know, He commanded us, come on, I want you to love your neighbors as yourself. You know, you're to love your enemies. Clearly, He wasn't talking about the love that's defined in many sectors today. He was referring to a verb version, a decision to do something in spite of how we feel. I want to say that again because, you know, so many of us, you know, it's all about our feelings and our emotions and, you know, that. No, it's, it's a decision to do something. This is love. This is a biblical version in spite of how we feel. And, and the verb version of love is a hallmark of the Christian faith. In fact, I challenge to say it's a hallmark of great relationships. How, how many want to have good, great relationships? Yeah, in fact, I'd, I'd say that, you know, when it comes to pain, there's nothing like relational pain. Many of us can tolerate physical pain, but, but relational pain, oh man, that's a burden. And if we're to have great relationships, we, we need to understand that the built, great relationships are built on decisions, not strong emotions. Great relationships are built on good decisions, not strong emotions. And, and our culture is not characterized by this type of love, by the love of Jesus. In fact, our culture distorts the golden rule. What's the golden rule? Anybody know the golden rule? The golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, it, it, we don't do that. We do unto others as they do unto us. You know, that, that's how we relate to people. Oh, well, we'll do unto them as they do unto us. Or we do unto others as they deserve to be un, done to. It's like, they, I'm not going to give them more than they deserve. Or, or we break it and we go, do unto others so as we can get them to do something for us. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know, we get them what we want them to do. You know, the unwritten rules is like, well, I'll do my part as long as you do yours. I'll fulfill mine. And, and we relate to people on a contractual basis. Yeah, but when it comes to contracts, contracts, you know, really are formed around a mutual distrust. We put in place a contract because we, we think, well, what if they don't uphold their end of the bargain? 
but, but biblical love, which is displayed in a marriage and God's relationship to us, is all about covenants. It's all about covenants. See, contracts is about, well, you know, my needs. And, and my needs almost trump the relationship. But a covenant is, is saying, hey, this relationship is more important than my needs. So, so many people today, they leave relationships, they leave churches, they, they, they leave you know, things because it's my needs. My needs aren't getting met. And, and it's contractual. It's like, well, you haven't done your share, and so you know, I'm not going to do my share. Or I'm out, I'm breaking this contract. But a, but a covenant is so much deeper than that. So, so much more than that. And, and it's, it's, it's not like we're coming into it 50-50. You know, relationships don't work that way. You know, relationships only work when you come in 100-100. Uh, we're together, and that's the foundation on what great relationships are built. See, see a consumer relationship is... Uh, my needs are more important than the relationship. A covenant relationship is the relationship is more important than my needs. Uh, listen to what Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 13, verse 34. He said this. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. Now, that's strange. Uh, the Greek word for new in this uh, thing says, uh, well, this is strange. It's almost like remarkable. You know, we pass over that, but this is a new command. You know, they had all the Old Testament, and he's coming in and saying, I'm changing the game here. This is a change of the game. This is a new, it's strange, it's remarkable. You know, and here it is, love one another. What's strange about this? Well, the strange part about this is love is a command. It's, it's a command. It's something that you to do. You know, imagine Counselor Jesus, you know, counseling a married couple, just saying, hey, quit arguing, go home and love each other. You know, some people would benefit from hearing that. It's just, it's just like, do this. Don't, don't react to your feelings. You know, it's do, this is something that you to do. Jesus didn't command his followers to feel something. He actually commanded his followers to do something. And Jesus didn't stop with making love an imperative. He, he upped the game and took it one step further. And, and in doing so, what was he doing? He was dismantling the tit-for-tat approach to love. He was dismantling the whole thought premise, well, I'll, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. You know, I'll give you a message if you give me a message. No, it's like, you know, he, 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 was, he was dismantling that. And he was introducing a, a new concept. You know, listen to what he says. He says, I command you to love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. In other words, do unto others as I have done unto you. How many know that that's a whole new level of love? Because Jesus withheld nothing. He gave himself totally. You know, and he says, hey, this is how you're to love other people. As I have loved you. See, 
as long as I love you the way that you love me, my love is conditional. And there's no way around it. I'm forced into the, the position of being the policeman and the lover. You know, it's like when it comes to buying presents, you know, how many have ever done this before? You can be honest in church. It's like you worked out what somebody gave you, you know, and the price, the amount of money they spent on it. And you think, well, I'll, I'll just, you know, I don't want to be less and more. I'll just give them what they gave me. Come on, how many have ever done that before? Come on, I can have some honesty in church right now. Huh? It's like you, you work out, you know, you know I'll, I'll, I'll match it with what they gave. What they gave, you know, it's like I figure out what they deserve. That, how many know that's not how God works? That, that's not how God works. You know, yeah, but if I choose to love you the way somebody else loves me, namely Christ, and, you know, who loves me well, it's almost like your response to that love is inconsequential. How you respond, it doesn't matter, because I'm going to love as Christ has loved me. So, so many, you know, our response, how we love is, is based on the other person's response, based on what they gave us, based on what they bought us. But imagine a world where everybody just loved and didn't worry about the response. Yeah, just say, yeah, I'm going to love because I've received a love. That's beyond human love. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. You know, I'm not just doing as you have done unto me. I'm doing what somebody else, Christ, has done to me. And He loves me. Come on, how many here are thankful for the love of Jesus? You know, the unconditional love of Jesus. We don't earn it, but we receive it, and it's on offer today. It's on offer to, to whoever would believe the love of Jesus. He loves you a whole lot. And from that position of receiving, having received the love of Christ, you know, Jesus even said, freely you have received. Freely you have received. Come on, I want to say, freely you have received today. Now I want you to freely give. Freely give. Don't, don't withhold. Freely give that love away. Oh, but they don't deserve it. You don't understand what they've done to me. No, freely give. Freely give. Yeah, love one another. But, but it's not just love one another. In fact, the Bible talks a lot about serving one another. So you're ready for a whole lot more scripture. Here we go. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It says, for you've been called to live in freedom. Yeah. That's that cool. How many want to live in freedom? Oh, a few people. It's like freedom. Come on. Free. God, you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Now, here's the thing. This is what Paul says. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Don't use it just to self-indulge. To satisfy your mind. It says here, instead, use your freedom to what? To serve one another in love. Yeah, you're free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. You're free. But don't use that freedom, you know, to, to just lock into self. No, use that freedom now to serve one another in love. 
Listen to what First Peter chapter four verse eight says. It says, "Above all, above all." So put this well up there. Above everything else, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Listen to verse nine. It says, "Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling." Well, there's a good word for some of us. Oh, oh, do I have to host any group? It's like, no, well, if you're going to do it, you know, do it with a smile on your face. I mean, you know, you're not benefiting anybody if you, oh, well, I'll serve if I have to, you know, because they told me to. It's like, no, Paul's saying here, if you're going to serve, if you're going to offer hospitality, you know, do it because out of the revelation of what you received. Do it generously. Do, do it without grumbling. It says, listen, uh, verse 10, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Now, now, I, I just want to stop there because some of us think we haven't received a gift. You've got a gift. You use your gift each and every day. That's why people pay you is because you've got a gift. There's a gift being deposited in your life. You know, it, it, some of us, it's, it's administration. Some of us, it's engineering. Some of us, it's in the medical field. There's a gift. You know, there's a gift to comprehend, a gift to interpret, a gift to... Un- you know, there's, it's a gift, and it's saying use whatever gift. Not just the spiritual gifts. Yeah, we've got spiritual gifts of prophecy and all those other things. But use whatever gift you have Receive to serve others. Don't don't just use your gift to earn a paycheck. You use whatever gift you have to benefit others. Wow, this is a whole new way of thinking. You mean that gift is not just for me? No, no, that gift that God's placed in your life is number one, to give glory and honor to Him. And secondly, it's to serve others. As faithful stewards, serve others, it says, as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Again, it's a gift you receive. You didn't earn that gift. Use it. Yeah, what would, it's like, who wouldn't want to be part of a community where everyone loves and serves one another? It's not self-consumed. It's like, Think about that, man. I want to be a part of that community. Yeah, most at least would love to be on the receiving end of other people's love and service. Now, this is church. Come on, this is church. Love, serve. Love and serve one another. Oh, well, you know, the church doesn't care for me. Well, it's not about an institution. The church, who are the church? You know, the church, the structure, you know, no, it's people. The church isn't looking out. No, the church, no, it's about believers. The church is every believer loving one another, caring for. And if you've had a fellow believer love you, you've had the church look after you. Come on, it's serving one another. It's getting involved. Or well, what's the church doing about the homeless? Well, no, it's what, what are we individuals doing about? Because we are the church. Come on, we, uh, that's how we make a difference in the world around us. But many people want the institution, the structure. No, structures don't look after people. People look after people. 
structures help serve it, but, it, but it's just a servant. Anyway, and what we need right now in the body of Christ is we need every believer mo- mobilized. And, and every believer to realize it's the one another's. Come on, don't abdicate your responsibility to a structure, an institution. There's no life in structures. There's life in people, and people look after people in Jesus' name. Come on, church, we've, uh, we've, we've established that church is in a building. We meet, meet in so many flipping different buildings. Uh, you know, it's like you know, all over the place. It's, it's a community. As a community, a gathering together of people who have been called out for a specific purpose, and that's to share the love of Jesus. It's to serve one another, and it's to bring the kingdom of God to this world here and now. Now, now how many would say, you know, uh, they could grow in these two areas, in love and service? Go on, lift up your hand if you say, yeah, I can grow. You know, some of you go, I don't know if I want to. Uh, why wouldn't you? You know, do you really trust Jesus? Yeah, I trust Jesus. Oh, trusting Him is about growing in these areas. Growing in these areas. And now, there's a chance if you've been around church for a wee while, you've already checked out of this message. Because, you know, love, serving, yep, tick, tick. <laughs> you know, I tick that box, you know, going, hey, come back. Because there's something I'm going to ask you to do. It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but it's going to be all right. Okay. This year, what, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to stretch. I'm going to ask you to stretch because without stretching, we don't grow. Without stretch, we don't know what's possible. And in fact, without stretch, we become inflexible. That's why you've got to stretch, you know, stretch, uh, do your stretches. Because you'll become inflexible, and inflexible people are religious. Inflexible people, you know, have bad posture. Believe in Jesus, but all grumpy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, we need to stretch. We need to grow. And the Christian life is all about growing. And, and sometimes we, we just need to change it up. Otherwise, entropy... And boredom sets in. You know, a good way to sum that up in simple language rather than physics, you know, uh, it, it goes, uh, in, the, in the end, strategies that have worked in the past you know, sometimes don't have the same impact that they used to have. The, this is entropy, and, and we rely on the strategy to bring what it used to bring to our life. It's like, you know, you, you can practice something, whether it's in sports, over and over and over again, but still not get any better. You can work hard, but still not move forward. You can have date night once a week, because that's a, that's a strategy to a great relationship, but you still can fight over the same issues. Even though you structurally have a one night for date night, for intimacy, for relationship, no, we've got to prioritize date night, but you're still fighting over the same thing. And entropy is set in. You can attend church week in, week out, but still be angry at the world and your love for people will not change. Come on, on, you can go to e-group and be the same boring person you were 10 years ago. Come on, on, stretch. Stretch is, 
is where we're called to live. So I'm asking everybody to stretch this morning. In fact, what I want you to do, I, I want you to get up on your feet. This is an intermission right here. It's like a break. It's like some of you, you'll benefit from this because this would be like a yawn. Okay, what I want you to do is I want you to lift your hands as high as they can go. Okay, high as they go. Okay, keep them there, keep them there, keep them there. Okay, okay, give me another two inches right now. Go. Wow. Did you look around the room? Did you, did you see that? I don't know if you saw it. I saw it from the front. You know, right at the start, I said, lift your hands as high as they can go. But the moment I said, give me another two inches, boom. Yeah, I thought you put them up as high as you could go. But you didn't know that there was another two inches in you until you asked to do it. I want to say right now, you're going, Sam, I'm going as high as I could go. No, there's another two inches. I'm saying there's another two inches when it comes to you loving somebody, serving somebody, going further. You may take your seat right now. But I'm asking you this year to stretch. Come on, Titi, and I say you need a stretch. You need a stretch. You need a stretch. See, we have more potential in us than we know. Some of you go, oh, yeah, this is as far as I can go. But no, two inches. Two inches. Come on, there's two inches more. And, and we need in our life stretch targets that help push us to go further than we've gone before. What two better things to stretch out in than love and serving? Come on, to really, I know many of you have set your goals for the year. You may have stretched, but, but what about your love and serving goals? Because these things change the world. This is what the world needs right now to, to experience a, a biblical form of love, not a married at first sight type of love. Just saying, it's like, you know, come on, a biblical, they, they, need, they need new models because the, the, the things that, that they experience has left them empty in a lot of places. And we, out of, out of the overflow of God's love to us, need to, need, need to share it with the people around us. Come on, we need a stretch in these two areas. Some of you right now, you think you're at capacity. But the kingdom of God works this way. The kingdom of God grows only when you give it away. Too many people are sitting in churches week in, week out. They're being fed, but they're doing nothing with what's been spoken. And in fact, they go back to their normal weekly existence. But the Word of God should provoke us in a way where we, we, we change. We make shifts. We, we change how we operate based on hearing it. Yeah, and, and there, there, there's, there's a shift in our heart. And, and, and the thing is, the kingdom of God only grows. Come on, how many want to become more like Jesus? Yeah, I, I that's our greatest goal as believers, to be more like Jesus. It, it only grows as you give it away. It only grows as you pass it on. Uh, many people today, they want friendship. Oh, I want friendship. Well, the best way to receive friendship is to give it away. Uh, to be a friend and you'll receive friendship. You know, I want, you know, whatever you want, just give it away and more will come back to you. 
In fact, Proverbs 11 puts it this way. It says, the generous will prosper. And listen to this, because this is a key verse for those leading e-groups, you know, serving, you know, setting up their home week in and week out, you know, just so other people can be ministered to, wanting to love on other people. Here's a key verse for those who are serving, you know, doing stuff. It says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You know, some of us think we need a holiday away from people. Yeah, there's times and places, you know, Jesus withdrew to be by himself. But, but here, here's the thing. Could it be your refreshing is going to come from refreshing others? You think you need that, but you actually need this. You need to put yourself in an environment where you're serving people on a weekly basis, where your life is not just all absorbed about you. You're well, come on, you're serving and you're loving other people. Well, some of you are going like, oh, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like it because that, that, that disrupts my world. Well, Jesus didn't come to warm your heart as much as shatter your categories. The way that you look at things. And if we're to change the world, we, we, need, to, we need to change how we view the people in our world. Come on, we need to push past. Everyone say push past where we've been before. And so we need the right amount of stretch. You know, growing up in a family where there's three boys and we're all born a year apart, there was a whole lot of competition in our household, which always meant there was a whole lot of stretch, a whole lot of stretch. Sometimes that stretch would end up with a snap. Stretch, you know, stretch a rubber band too far, it snaps. You know, we need the appropriate level of stretch in our life. You know? But I remember one time we're, you know, snowboarding and uh, we we're going up the mountain. And it was the end of the day, and my older brother said to me, said to me, it's, he goes, oh, it seems like we didn't do as much as last year. Yeah, you know, I go, yeah, that's because we're getting older. And uh, he goes, well, what happens if, you know, everywhere, every year we just do a little less than what we did last year? He just said, we're going to be back on the learner slopes. And it was nearing the end of the day, and he said to me, you know, see that we're going up on the lift, and there were some big kickers, jumps there. And he says, come on, let's go off those. I said, you're crazy. That's that big. He goes, come on, you only live once. Let's do it. And, and so, you know, we got off the lift, put our boards on, and he goes, okay. And, and he went off it, and I was going, wow, that's crazy. And uh, so, you know, I, I followed him down. And I was just about to hit it, and then I pulled out. I pulled out. It was just too scary. And, uh, and so anyway, back on the, you didn't do it, you didn't do it. You know, how many brothers, how many know when they're on something, they never let go? And so going up, back up the lift, you've got to do it this time, then you've got to do it this time. So, you know, I, I put on my board, and there was a queue there, and I thought, if I stand in the queue, I'm going to overthink it. I'm just going to go up, put my board on, and just bypass the queue and go for it. And so well, that's what I did is I, I bypassed the queue, you know, and you got, you got to hit it at a certain speed. If you don't have speed, you're, you're in trouble. So hit it at a certain speed. And guess what? Yeah, landed it. Yeah. That landed it. Do you, do you know, uh, I didn't talk about any other thing I did that day on the mountain except that jump. And, and it was the stretch that brought the excitement. Some of you are so bored right now. Because you've got no stretch. And there's not people in your world who are going, come on, there's more in you. No, that's enough. No, there's more. 
There's more in you. And and you got religious and and, and your your world's all organized and contained. But God wants today to come into your world and disturb it in a way and say, come on, there's more. There's more impact. There's more influence. and, And there's more of what you need. But it's found in the service of somebody else. See, the great relationships in our world don't let us plateau. The, the great relationships in our world, uh, don't let us get on board. Don't let us disengage. It's like, yeah, we can come along, you know, be here, but be somewhere else. But I wanted to get, come on, equip us, church. We're equipping you to stretch, to stretch. Come on, there's a stretch that you need to embrace. That, that sometimes it may end in a snap. You know, yeah, I've got to say, there's a couple of things he told me to do. I, I did break my arm. Yeah, I, I, it does. But, you know, here's the thing. You need that energy. It's just like if you ever stood up in front of people before, how many know butterflies are a good thing? Good thing. In fact, they enhance performance. If you don't feel butterflies... Uh, oh, you're, you're over-familiar. You know, somebody uh, once asked, oh, well, do you still get butterflies when you get up to speak? I go, yeah, every time. It's just now they fly in formation. <laughs> Whereas before they went everywhere. It's now I, I can control them and I, I can handle them. But, but the whole thing is, you know, when you get butterflies and, and you can't control that energy, that's where you get stage fright and that's where thoughts go out of your mind. And you, and you, you know, so, so there's the energy that's right. But, but it's not to, to bring a snap, it's to bring a stretch. And, and there's, there's something we need to stretch. Yeah, some of us, we've been stretched and things are snapped and we've incurred an injury. And so, so when you hear something like, like, like stretch again, you're thinking, no. Last time I, I got injured. And, and when you recover from an injury, you may be recovered physically, but how many know there's something psychologically that you've still got to battle with? In fact, uh, yeah, your body's fine. You're, you're good to go. But, but psychologically, there's things in your head. Well, what if it happens again? Come on, don't overextend yourself. You did that last time. Uh, you, you, you need to play it safe. You know, you don't want to burn out. You, da, 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 da. you know, going through, oh, you, you need, and it goes through. And psychologically, it's like the enemy comes in, sows all these lies, and tells you not to stretch. But then you get bored. You're designed to stretch, yeah, you're designed to push out. You're designed to engage. Yeah, and what happens is when we don't, is then we look for something else, illegitimate to keep us awake. Uh, uh, We search for other things to re-energize us. And then we go to wrong stimulants. That's where fears come from. That's where people engage on stuff on the internet where they shouldn't. And, and they take dumb risks. They, they do dumb things because they want to feel alive. But they haven't got that stretch in God. You know, I like what God said to, to Joshua uh, just before he was about to go into the promised land. Time and time again, he said, I, I want you to be strong and 
Come on, uh, be strong and come on, God wants you to this year be strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. If you're going to take hold of your promise, you need to be strong and courageous. But I like what he says in verse 9. Listen, he says, have not I commanded you? Again, it's not on your feelings. Commanded, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you. Be of what? Good courage. That implies to me there's such a thing as bad courage. Yeah, bad courage. What's that, getting drunk? Not being in control. Yeah, bad courage. People are using bad courage every day. Bad, bad courage, is, and, and they find themselves in messes because they're using bad, bad. But be of good courage. What's good courage? Good courage is love. Stretching in love. Stretching and serving somebody else. Come on, why not risk your life on something that's good? Why not risk loving somebody out? Why not risk serving God and others? I like the statement that people who change the world have a healthy disregard for the impossible. Have a healthy disregard. Come on, as a church, we've just got to have a healthy disregard for what others say is impossible. Right now, uh, you know, as a church, this is impossible. People come in and go, well, how do people gather every week, you know, knowing where church is and doing it? It's like, well, we just think this is normal. And we have a healthy disregard for, for the impossible. You know, Larry Page, you know, co-founder of Google, you may have heard of it. Uh, he, said, he was asked this question, what was one sentence of, uh, of how you would change the world? What's one sentence? And he said this, he said, Always work hard on something that's uncomfortably exciting. I'll say that again. Always work hard on something that's uncomfortably exciting. That's what we're going to do. You know, Google's having a, a little bit of an impact. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder whether we as a church just could always work hard on something that's uncomfortably exciting. Because after all, church is simply what? A whole lot of friends challenging one another to do what? To go hiring God. Come on, uh, uncomfortably exciting. Imagine if everybody just said this week, I, I'm going to stretch. And I'm going to pass on that love I've received. I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to serve. I'm going to create an environment. I'm going to come in behind. Now, imagine what would happen. Yeah. Some of us, were playing the waiting game, and I'll finish if the musicians could come. But we need to stop playing the waiting game. What's the waiting game? The waiting game is when I'm waiting for you, and you're waiting for me. Yeah, it's waiting. We're both waiting on each other so nothing gets done. Instead of waiting for somebody to love you, why not pass on the love of God and love them? Sometimes we can go through life waiting on somebody else to initiate waiting on somebody else to ask, waiting on somebody else to say hello. You know, many of us don't even say hello to a person because we wait for somebody else to say hello first and then we go hello. You know, going down, oh, should I say hello? I don't know. Nah, nah, nah. And we're waiting on the other person and it gets real awkward and uh, hello, it sort of comes out at, at a wrong moment, wrong timing. You get, how many know what I'm saying there? It's like, 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 like we're waiting for somebody else before we respond. It's, we're waiting for somebody else to show kindness before we show kindness. And it's almost like we live our life on the back foot. 
We're living our life in response to the things around us, to the people around us. Uh, when you live in a world like that, everybody else then decides whether it's a kind and friendly world. We're leaving it to everybody else to determine the world we live in because we're living in response to their hello, in response to their kindness. I wonder whether we could be a church that lives on the front foot where, where, where we could say, hey, we could initiate, we could do it first. People who initiate live in a friendly, kind world because they say hello and, and most people unless they're completely rude, will actually say hello back. Some of them will get a little bit of a shock if you smile at them too at the same time. But, uh, but it's, like, you know, it's, it's like you're changing the world because you initiated something. You were the first one to say hello. You're the first one to smile, to be kind. And, and your world changed. It's as simple as that. Come on, stop playing the waiting game. Some of you are waiting for permission. You have every permission because you've received the love of Christ. It's in you. Now you just need to step up and pass it on and model it. See, instead of waiting for somebody else to come alongside you and help, you know, take the little you have and help somebody else. And in your refreshing of them, you'll be refreshed. I challenge to say the answer you need right now, you have either inside of you or it's packaged in somebody else. But your serving will extract it. Your loving on them will bring it about. Sometimes God puts answers inside of people we don't like. And He says to us, hey, are you going to be humble enough? You're going to humble yourself completely? That you're going to love them and serve them? And if you do that, I'll bring about what you need. Come on, this kingdom, the kingdom of God, God wants to release. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stretch. Come on, stretch. Some of you, you can't just hear this. You've got to stretch. Oh, I'm here. No, stretch. That's where the life of God is. That's where God comes in and does what only He can do in Jesus' name. How about standing to your feet? Are we, uh... Thank you, Jesus. How many received something? Stretch. Come on, stretch. Oh, yeah. But just posture yourself. Put yourself in a posture where you can receive from God. You can receive. God, come on. God's willing. He wants to pour out whatever you need, He has. Thank you, Jesus. We receive your love. We receive your love right now. While we were in our sin, you died for us. You loved us. Your love wasn't determined by our response. You just loved us with an unconditional supernatural love. Oh, we receive your love right now in Jesus' name. Come on, were you going through struggles? Receive the love of God. It's just a touch of God in this place right now. Don't, come on, He loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much. 
loves you so much. He's for you today. Come on, he, he wants to come underneath you and serve and release what's in you. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for your love, your joy, your peace. Lord, we thank you today that we have victory in you. Lord, we thank you. In you, we overcome. In you, we're free. In Jesus' name.